The sponsor of our show today is CNE Wildlife. CNE Wildlife partnered up with North American Deer Talk. We're incredibly grateful for that. If you get a, a chance or an opportunity, say thank you to them. And the reason is really simple. They have 30 years of commitment to all natural probiotics. This commitment's really a passion for them. And they've established that through university research at Texas Tech. Whether that be their fawn paste, their top score product, their show choice, farm pack, all the various products they have, they really provide a service and a set of products that helps your herd thrive. Give Sadie a call over there at CNE and uh, order up some good stuff. We think you'll like it. We know we do. We've been uh, product users for almost 15 years now. Um, we feel it's the best around. So get you some CNE wildlife today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of North American Deer Talk. This is episode 54. We have Sadie Horrocks from CNE Wildlife. So this is a sponsor show. I've been waiting for some time to do this. Sadie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I, I really look forward to uh, discussing all things probiotics today. I know you're the expert on that. Um, you know, I've been a, I've been a, a product user for over 15 years now. Um, I think that the, the, the products cover a, a vast uh, majority of any types of uh, issues that I may contend with or, or have benefits for me to use. But I want to start with a little bit of history first um, of, of yourself, a little bit of background on you. So people got to get a, a chance to know you and, and kind of like how CNE came to be. And then we'll get into some more of the, the detail stuff. Um, so, so basically, um, my journey, I guess, in, um, working with animals or around animals or in animal research really began, uh, when I was a kid, my dad is a veterinarian. Um, and I have a lot of very fond memories of getting called up to his clinic in the middle of the night for an emergency or going out to help vaccinate calves um, or working pigs, uh, things like that. Um, and then when I went to college, of course, I got my undergraduate at Texas A&M University in biomedical science from the College of Veterinary Medicine. And during that time, I was a student worker at a United States Department of Agriculture facility. Um, it was an, uh, a Southern Plains Research Center uh, for the Agricultural Research Service Division. And we specialized in our lab in doing food safety research. So doing uh, research on pathogens of food safety concern, like Salmonella, Campylobacter. And um, that was about the time that I first started to get into the literature of probiotics. Um, animal industries at the time were and still are looking for a way to make a shift from using uh, antibiotics, uh, leaning on antibiotics so much in times of need and looking for um, alternatives to antibiotics and probiotics emerged as one of those alternatives. And so a lot of research was being done and is still being done to understand the mechanisms of how probiotics work in the body of um, livestock animals. 
to understand how they modulate the immune system, um, how they confer health benefits on the host. Those are things that are still, um, they're better understood now, uh, but they're still not well understood. And so um, working there, I met a professor who offered me an assistantship for graduate school. And so um, after I graduated with my undergrad, I went to graduate school and got a master's degree. Um, and then uh, after that, uh, worked in a research lab at Texas A&M. I've spent a lot of time at Texas A&M. I was very fortunate to get to do so, um, where we specifically studied host microbe interactions in the gastrointestinal tract um, concerning uh, feeding, of, feeding direct fed microbials and basically just like seeing what happens. Um, seeing what happens concerning um, when those animals are exposed to a pathogen, like body weights, mortalities, colonization. We did a lot of um, cell culture studies where we specifically looked at the ability of certain strains to colonize um, epithelial cells in the intestine. So um, greatly enjoyed that research until uh, circumstances took me away from it. And um, in the meantime, uh, our family had acquired CNE wildlife products. Um, for years, uh, our family had been involved in cervid and exotic nutrition. And um, the opportunity was presented to us to acquire uh, CNE wildlife products. It was uh, Target Probiotics at the time. But we acquired it and uh, developed a line of products with various applications for various life stages um, or um, uh, just various applications for, for deer producers. Um, and I still own that company today. So I today am CNE Wildlife Products. <laughs> I am CNE, I like it. Um, yes. So what you're saying is when, when somebody calls, uh, or sends you an email, they're talking to you. You're right, the person, talking, you're the, yes. you're the one man band over there. The, bu the buck stops here. The buck stops <laughs> here. I like it. Um, well, that's really interesting. I, 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 I didn't know, um, all of the, the, you know, personal journey that you had in the background into, mm -hmm. you know, becoming interested in, uh, bacteria, uh, more or less. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's worth noting, uh, for the listeners, you know, when they hear the word bacteria, it's, mm -hmm. it's meant in a, it's generally taken in a negative uh, context, right? Like bacteria bad. That's not the case. Right. Get your Can hand sanitizer because it kills 99.999% sure. of bacteria, right? Because bacteria yeah. is a bad thing. Sure. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So tell us, tell us Certainly about the, there are bad bacteria. Tell us about the good bacteria. So there's a difference. First of all, I think it's important to establish that there's a difference between what we would call a direct fed microbial and an actual probiotic, okay? So direct fed microbials are simply bacteria that have been isolated and um, made in such a way that you can directly feed them to an animal or even, even people. I mean, you can go to the store and you can get probiotic products or what claims to be probiotic products on the shelf, right? Um, but direct fed microbials are simply that. It's microbials that you are directly feeding to an animal. And at the most basic level, feeding microbial products, it's protein, right? Like they're, they're proteins. 
Um, now, the, the difference between what a direct fed microbial is and what a probiotic is, is that probiotics are bacteria that have been proven that when fed to a host can actually confer a health benefit to the host. So you can feed direct fed microbials, but if you're feeding something that's truly a probiotic, it's something, it's, a, it's either a, a bacteria or a collection of bacteria that when fed at a certain concentration over a certain period of time or according to whatever the directions are, actually do indeed confer a health benefit on that animal. And those health benefits can be many things. Um, we, we know that probiotics can help modulate the immune system. We know that they can help exclude colonization of bad bacteria. Uh, we know that they can help stabilize pH. We know that they can help um, nutrient absorption, digestion of fibers into things that the animal can use more efficiently. So uh, anyway, so there's a lot of things that probiotics can do, but bacteria can't necessarily do all of those things. It has to be the right bacteria for the right animal at the right concentration to actually confer a health benefit on the host and be a probiotic. So, so knowing, knowing the difference between those is, is good, obviously, um, right. kind of shifting, shifting gears into the, into the CNE products. I know there's like, um, and building off of what you just said, I know there's a whole host of things that you looked at when kind of developing these products and the product line, so to speak. Um, can you, can you touch on a, a few of those and maybe, uh, we'll, we'll get into some more of the specifics of those. Like what, what, what are the, some of the kind of things that set CNE apart, um, when you were, we're looking at developing that sure. line? Yeah. So, um, so first of all, of course it's, it's, we, I market it primarily as a, like a probiotic product, right? A nutraceutical probiotic product. Um, so first let's talk about the bacteria. Okay. So the bacteria that are in CNE wildlife products are, um, they are strains of bacteria, not just species of bacteria, but specifically strains of bacteria that we know are effective in doing what our goals are for them to do in the deer, because we've done the research that shows, yeah, okay, this, this is working. Um, so there's the probiotic, there's the bacteria package. And I want to I want to just spend a moment talking about the fact that um, there are differences between bacteria of the same species, but on the strain level. So a lot of times when you look at a probiotic product, you'll see um, what strains are listed, or not what strains, but what species are listed, like lactobacillus, acidophilus, or, you know, some bifidobacter or some kind of saccharomyces, which is like a yeast. Um, but it won't say the particular strain. And um, a lot of times that's for proprietary reasons. Um, it's also not required to be listed. Um, so a lot of times it's a function of also trying to get all of this information, this giant glob of information on an incredibly small label. Uh, but the point is, is that bacteria of the same species, but different strains of bacteria can function entirely differently in the intestine. Some of them have better ability to colonize than others. Um, some of them are like with um, lactic acid producing bacteria, some of them do that more efficiently than others. And so um, I do think it's important to note that not all bacteria are the same. Not all lactobacillus acidophilus are the same. Um, it's just something to keep in mind. 
Um, the other thing I would like to talk about is um, I get a lot of questions about CFUs or colony forming units. And I think what's important to know is that when you're looking at something that's a probiotic product and it says, well, you know, we have bacteria X at so many CFUs and you'll see, you know, it'll be a power of 10 number, 10 to the six or 10 to the seven or 10 to the eighth or 10 to the nine. And you might think, well, gosh, this one only has 10 to the six and that one over there has like 10 to the seven. And then there's one with 10 to the nine, which one is correct? Well, the way that we arrive at those numbers is through testing. So any company that has bacteria that they're looking to promote as being a probiotic, they're going to have to do a series of tests where they're evaluating, um, are we getting those conferred health benefits at 10 to the sixth? Are we getting them at 10 to the seven? Are we getting them at 10 to the eighth? Are we getting them at 10 to the nine? And so if your product that you're using has CFUs that are at 10 to the seven, it doesn't mean it's better or worse than a different product. It just means that those bacteria have been established to be effective at that CFU count, right? So you might think, well, 10 to the nine, that's gotta be better, there's more of them. But it could also mean that those bacteria are not as effective at colonizing the intestine that you're putting them into. Um, so um, it's important, I think, to uh, really look at what research has been done to establish what that effective dose is. Um, so that's a little bit about the bacteria that we're using. Again, we specifically selected those uh, for their efficacy in deer. So um, when you, let me, because uh, okay. my, my, my bells are going off and I have questions. Okay. Um, so when you, when you have these different bacteria and, and just from a real layman's uh, perspective, like if you're looking at the label, uh, more is not necessarily better. Less is not necessarily right. worse. Um, so, so yeah. how do we, how do we assess the, um, how do we assess the effectiveness or, or if it's a right fit for our farms, um, you know, of the product? Is it, is it really like, a, you know, is it anecdotal evidence from, you know, fellow farmers? Is it trial and error on your own part? Like, how do we, how do we make that decision? Like if, if you weren't the owner of CNE, how would you go about, how would you go about picking out the correct right. products for your animals? I would say, um, I would say I would ask about the research that's been done using those products. And again, with, with our company, um, there has been research done. There was a study done at Texas Tech several years, like way back in the day um, to evaluate the effectiveness of these probiotics, right? Um, so I would ask about the research, but that being said, I mean, even, even I, as a seller of my own products will admit that um, you can always have, for example, like micro environments, like for example, my products can work great for 90% of the people that I sell them to, but I might have one ranch who, um, is in a specific situation. For example, they've got deer pens where maybe a decade ago, there used to be a ton of cattle. And they have, for whatever reason, very specific um, problems with very specific bacteria that, for whatever reason, are resistant to 
Um, I hate to use the word resistant because it's not technically a resistance, but they're able to escape the benefits that our products provide. Mm -hmm. um, they're able to escape the benefits of a lot of products. And um, so anyway, so that does happen. So sometimes it is trial and error and what works best for you. Also, different products have, you know, different companies have different routes of administration and application. And so a lot of that comes down to management. I mean, like what, what works best for you? I would like to think with our products, they all have the same um, base package and then they vary according to when the producer needs to use them um, or the life stage of the animal. And I like to think that we've, we've done a lot of work based on like real world experience um, we've done a lot of work to make them as applicable and easy to use user-friendly as possible. So, so yes, trial and error too. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I appreciate that. And, and I think we'll, um, we'll get into the, the, you know, the base unit of the, of the product and how that kind of breaks down in a, in a second. Um, sure. but I want to touch on a couple more points, um, with the things that set c &E apart, um, can you can you talk about you've you said a couple of different terms like you mm -hmm. said direct fed microbials and we talked about the difference between that and the probiotics yeah. um, you've talked about specific bacteria strains um, you also mentioned enzymes can you can you talk about how these like I guess let's just use like fawn paste for example okay sure. um, because people are are very familiar I I'm, I'm guessing it's probably close to your number one product if it if it isn't i know it's the this, thing we this use this time of year it certainly is yeah we well <laughs> and and i think that's i think that's relevant because like i know that i'm using fawn paste regularly um sure. you know when my when my fawns are born um so right. when you're when you're like looking at this product let's just say it didn't exist and you're you're going to develop it right how do you combine the word soup if you will into making uh -huh. this product what does that what does that look like and like what are these things and how they like how does this balancing act take place to create a fawn paste right so the first thing is so like if obviously if you're going to be selling a, a probiotic product the first thing that you need to do is uh get bacteria that work <laughs> right. and you have to get them at that level that level in your product that that level where they're also going to be effective right so whatever that cfu is for you know whatever that product is that you're going to be promoting right um we add digestive enzymes to a lot of our products they're not in all of our products but they are in the vast majority of our products um they're that's they're different from probiotics digestive enzymes are i mean they can be found naturally in the body but you can feed them directly as well um, and basically all they're doing is they're breaking down foodstuffs to make the micronutrients more bioavailable to the animal, which, so basically making them more, more ready to be absorbed, right? It's like a pre-digestion, right? Um, so we include those in a lot of our products just because we're dealing with animals that um, are almost always in some stage of production and under some sort of stress. And so anyone anyone who's done any sort of like sports or weightlifting or training for a marathon or anything like that, you know that um, there are certain, you know, certain macros that you need 
that your body needs to break down into micros, right? So that you can do whatever, you know, cardiovascular work or muscle building work, whatever work that your body needs to be doing Mm -hmm. uh, to accomplish those performance goals, right? Um, But it is very difficult, even in the most perfectly created, complete feed stuff, it is near impossible for any animal that has high production um, stressors put on it, that's body is just doing so much work, it's impossible for them to be able to absorb all the nutrients they need, especially this time of year when it's hot and gross and they're right in the middle of production, right? And so at that point, something like a digestive enzyme becomes very helpful um, to that animal at helping it get the nutrients out of every single little bite of food that it takes, right? It's just maximizing that animal's ability to be able to get as much as much nutrients as possible out of what it's taking the time to put in its mouth. Um, so we have our probiotics, we have our digestive enzymes, right? And then um, the rest of the product development goes into, uh, well, we're feeding this to animals, so it's got to be palatable, right? Um, so for example, the top score extreme product, the pellet that is the top score with the, the calcium supplement, um, it has an alfalfa um, component to it to make it palatable to deer. Um, the fawn paste is green. That's also an alfalfa um, based component. And so try to keep palatability in mind. Um, the other things, you know, some of the products have electrolytes, some of the products have, um, some dextrose in them, um, just depending on like what you're trying to accomplish with that product. Uh, that being said, you don't want to get carried away with too many of those other ingredients, uh, because, um, you know, you can give something that's going to be there to encourage feeding or um, encourage appetite. But then if you do too much of that product, it's going to have negative effects. So balance is very important. And a lot of times with, um, especially feeding things to deer, um, that was developed over time, um, just based on like real world, real world experience. So like um, you mentioned, like you don't want to get too much stuff in there. And I, I've, I've seen okay. like yeah. we were talking about fawn paste. Um, sure. I've seen products that are quote unquote fawn paste that have like charcoal in them. Um, can you can you speak to like why right. someone would put a charcoal in there? Um, do, do you think like is there value to that or how does that work? Uh, you know, so I think activating charcoal paste is a is a great uh, tool to have on the tool belt. It, especially if you've got uh, fawns that are going to have, you know, ex- exposed to coccidia, right? Or um, that uh, the thing is about any livestock, they're going to get challenged at some point, right? Like it is inevitable that they are going to encounter a pathogen of some kind. Now, whether that like is exposure from the mom or exposure from just the ground or what like it's it's inevitable to happen so whether that's like you know having a coccidia outbreak getting like some sort of secondary infection or just like a straight out a straight old you know e coli infection um you know coming down with a virus and then getting a secondary bacterial infection anything like that um i think charcoal paste is a great way to 
beef up all the other things that you would be doing. For example, you know, you're going to be giving like an anticoxidial or you're going to be giving uh, antibiotics, but the charcoal will work actually in the intestinal lumen to bind and remove potentially any toxins that might be present, right? That could be causing more damage and inflammation to the intestinal lumen, which is of course hindering nutrient absorption. That's of course, you know, causing all these other problems, okay? But charcoal paste is not intelligent. It is a nonspecific binder. So it can bind other things as well. You know, we wanna use it when we know that an animal is sick and toxins are present because we wanna get that stuff out of there. But we don't just wanna give it any old time because it could also potentially be binding up all of those really valuable nutrients that we're doing all of this work to make super bioavailable to the animal, okay? So um, I don't personally think that that's necessary um, to do that um, un unless you have some reason to suspect that, you know, if you, if you have a history, I guess, of fines just almost immediately having GI problems, then yeah. maybe I could see how that would be applicable. Um, but as far as using that in a like for fawns, for newborn fawns or any pace, I, I don't see that that's extremely applicable or beneficial. So, and this is, uh, uh, I guess it kind of answered my second question is, this is mm -hmm. why you have two separate products. This is why you have a detox based, which is sure. solely dependent mostly on uh, charcoal, activated charcoal. Yes. And yeah. why you have a, a fawn paste that is the, the, uh, the base of, of your you know, fawning protocols and um, right. really in, enhancing the benefits of, of uh, probiotics in a, in a fawn. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and I recommend to everyone that uses our de detox paste, because you'll, you'll see it when it comes out. Right. I mean, you'll see it, right. And so I always recommend that once you've given the detox paste, you should follow that up. You should follow that up with either Fawn Paste or Electromax would be something you could mm. use if you had that on hand as well. But there's there's no scenario in which you would need to use an activated charcoal paste that you should not also be going behind that with something with a good probiotic in it. Um, and then, you know, like for example, the Fawn Paste, but the Electromax as well. Um, I would like the Fawn Paste because the the bacteria count is a little bit higher in that product than it is in the in the Electromax, but then the Electromax has the electrolytes. So um, both products would be beneficial, but you you definitely want to be going behind that and putting something back into the intestine because if you're needing to use charcoal paste in the first place, your microbiota is just is obliterated. Yeah, it's so. all smoked. Gotcha. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, so let's get back to the original question because we got a little off track which is fine that's what we like to do here i don't um, remember what it was <laughs> I'll be how do you how do you make a fawn paste like the like the the balance of ingredients right is super mm -hmm. important you mentioned a little bit about like some trial and error like when you first started developing these like was mm -hmm. it a matter of like looking at established literature from Yes, other yeah. species right Absolutely. and whatever what was available in, and then building out from there of course what works in other animals and then just um having knowledge of deer like being able mm. to see something that maybe was made for cattle and being able to say well deer are a little bit different so we're gonna you know change this gotcha so, no yeah. that that makes sense and 
Um, I, I think it's worth, I, I've talked about it many times and I suspect that you'll agree. Um, we, as a deer industry, can learn tremendous amounts from other animal industries. And it is at our own detriment that we choose not to look there for answers. Would you agree absolutely. with that statement? I, I absolutely agree with that because, you know, um, so much of the research that we have is based on uh, cattle and sheep and goat production, and they are ruminants. They are not the same as deer. They're all very different animals for specific reasons, but at the end of the day, there is so much literature. <clears throat> it's it's very beneficial to see what those those producers do and what has worked and the work that they've done to understand these mechanisms in these animals and to apply that to try to apply that to deer because a lot of times it's easy to see what oh well that that's very applicable for deer and then sometimes it's like well that's not that's not as applicable because we're dealing with you know a wild animal sure so um but yeah no absolutely yeah Cool. Um, uh, the only thing I, I, you were chatting about some stuff and I just wrote down a quick note and I said, uh, micro encapsulation. Can you just give us a quick uh, walkthrough of what that is and how, how it affects stuff? Very easily. Micro encapsulation is just a, uh, it's a manufacturing process that protects the bacteria so that it, it arrives at the part of the intestine or the a part of the into the part of the digestive tract that we want it to where it's the most beneficial. So all of these bacteria have ecological niches, right? Like they all have places where they are the most functional. And so we don't want them to get lost in the rumen or we don't want them to get lost before they reach a certain part of the small intestine or the large intestine. Uh, we want them to safely arrive where they're going to be comfortable. They're going to have the pH that they need um, to be able to do what they need to do. Um, they're going to be able to be in a place in the intestine, like different, different bacteria. It's almost like neighborhoods mm -hmm. and different bacteria want to live in certain neighborhoods of the intestine. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't want to live downtown. I want to live in the suburbs or I want to let you know different bacteria are comfortable in different places just because of the structure of the intestine uh things like ph uh it's actually very specifically due to ph um and then um yeah so we we just want to make sure that they arrive where they're happiest and they're going to do what they need to do and micro encapsulation is the the manufacturing process we use to do that perfect um you know I I just you know just listening to you talk about these these different things mm -hmm. um you know it's amazing that like just a simple tube of fawn paste has mm -hmm. you know 40 years of scientific backing and literature yeah. and research and and trial uh put into it so like when you when you spend nine dollars and 95 cents or 11 or whatever they are right 10 bucks right. you're like there's value there right you understand uh, what Absolutely. it is. So I, I, I appreciate this. I want to shift gears and we, we've started to mention some of the products. Um, mm -hmm. but I, I want to go through, um, you know, some of your, your product catalog and, and talk about some of these specific products. Okay. And 
I want to start with a place that you went before and you talked about the, um, the base unit of the, the product and work down from sure. there. So why don't we right. start there and then we'll get into some of the, the specific products. Sure. So all of the products have the same uh, probiotic and digestive enzyme package. I often refer to it as like, it's a package, right? And then that package is varied according to, you know, we have, we have products that we recommend giving according to life stage. Um, and then we also have products that we recommend giving according to production stage, right? So um, a gestating and lactating doe, uh, a buck during antler season, um, a newborn fawn. Um, and then those products are uh, then varied more based on mode of application. So do you need a top dress? Do you need a granular or a pellet? Do you need something that's water soluble? Do you need a direct application in a tube? So I don't know. No, that, <laughs> yeah, no, that's perfect. Um, okay. So like when we're, when we're looking at, um, mm -hmm. when we're looking at like, we have this base, right? And, mm -hmm. and this is like the, this is all the good stuff that is uh, CNE. And sure. you, you say like, hey, I'm actually going to handle, physically handle some animals, um, right. whether those be fawns or adult animals, like you're looking at a, a paste, a paste form. So you're talking about um, knocking down a buck because you've noticed he's got an abscess, or you're talking about AI, or you're talking yep. about transporting. Anytime you're putting hands on the animal to treat it or work it or whatever you're doing, yes, you're looking at doing a direct application. Gotcha. Um, I think the exception would be, Obviously, if you were in a situation where um, you had a fawn that went down, like just like ragdoll fawn, mm. or even you had um, a doe during AI, maybe that's just not just not coming around. Um, we do have the energy pack or the fawn 911 that you can actually use to make an oral drench. Um, so again, you're talking about a direct application, but just not a paste. So. Gotcha. Yeah, and I just hat tip to anybody listening i've used the fawn 911 it's pretty cool stuff to watch um yeah you know, it sure is it, they literally like come back to life like like little firecrackers yeah, yeah that's pretty, and and i hear cool. that i hear that a lot um i always recommend people having it on hand it's definitely one of those things though that you have to kind of see it to believe it uh, again i think a lot of just like with a lot of things um i feel like a lot of people don't appreciate the value of something until they see it in action yeah um one thing that I do like about our products is that I do feel like you can see results. I, I know guys that do the top score extreme, they will, if they've never used it before, they will call me within weeks and say, I don't know if it's just me, but I just, I feel like they're putting on inches, you gotcha. know, uh, comments like that. But the, the energy pack is definitely one that gets a very, a very visible measurable, uh, uh, result. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, so you mentioned the top score product. Can you talk a little bit about what that is? I know you have the, there's, there's two products actually, there's top score, top score, uh, extreme. Can you sure. just tell us about those and maybe some of the differences and what, what they do? Sure. That's really like a, a, a historical conversation really, because yeah. the original product was just top score. And so top score was our original buck product. Um, and it has our, so 
they're talking about how, you know, all the products are the same with minor variations. So if you took our guardian product, which is kind of like our, our base granular product, right? It's our uh, probiotic digestive enzyme. And then of course it's got, you know, other ingredients in it to support like healthy appetite, intestinal pH, all of this, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got this base product guardian. So we took this guardian and we put it in a bucket and then we added an antler product to it. That antler product is a bone morphogenic protein. Bone morphogenic proteins very simply are uh, products that have been identified to promote cartilage and bone development in the body. Okay. They're used in dentist's offices, for example. Mm. Okay. Um, technically they are, um, they are, um, they, they are cytokines, um, which are like cellular messengers basically, uh, in the body. So cytokines are, um, things that cells used to talk to each other, specifically like immune cells used to talk to each other, even though bone morphogenic proteins don't necessarily have anything to do with the immune system. Um, so the guardian, so you get, you get the, the probiotic digestive enzyme product, and then we add the antler product to it, right? And a couple of other things for like circulation, things like that. So then we have what was originally our top score product. So then I guess probably, I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago, remember? Okay. So you remember when milk calcium like blew up into a thing, right? Yeah, like it was more than five or six years ago. It was like, it was like 15. How long, how long, how long has it been? It's been, tw- it's been 12 anyway, I bet. Yeah. Well, anyway, so I guess, that, <laughs> I guess that would be a, a good illustration of how uh, we, we don't like to jump on bandwagons over here. <laughs> So if we're going to add something to our product line or change our product line at all, it's going to be a a very slow and painstaking process because Mm. it's going to be like, okay, so like, first of all, is there scientific evidence that this is something that's going to be beneficial for deer? And there's a lot of research, actually. Uh, There's a lot of research to support the fact that supplements, so like you can, again, you can have the most perfectly balanced feed on the face of the planet. But again, I want to go back to the example of like weight builders or marathon runners, right? If you're in a super uh, where there's so much demand due to production, right? It's going to be very difficult at the time that the animal is eating from those meals to be able to get everything that it needs, right? To get all of the calcium absorbed that it needs, to get all of the phosphorus absorbed that it needs to be able to do what it needs to do with calcium. So, um, so again, that's why digestive enzymes are helpful, but also there's all of this evidence, all of this scientific research to support, for example, you're talking about other industries with dairy cattle, that dairy cattle are healthier. They're better producers. They're more efficient, right. Um, with supplementary calcium, right. A very high grade bioavailable calcium because calcium is different um so that being said we at that time were like okay so this this makes sense right like it makes sense because bucks are in such a high production demand with their bodies um not only with growing antlers but also on their skeletal systems we're expecting these bucks to do amazing things with their antlers while they're also still developing their own skeletal structure right Um, so we decided at that time to 
do a product that we call Top Score Extreme. Um, and it is a calcium supplement with the Top Score product mm. combined together. And um, they, it is a pelleted product and we have to pellet it because otherwise the, the particles would separate out in the bucket and it wouldn't be homogenized and it would just, it would be a big, big old mess. So I know some people like to buy the pellet and then put it in blenders and use Stop. it. <laughs> So uh, Sadie, Sadie, Sadie's making fun of me. Here's the, here's the deal. And I'll tell everybody why. That's oh. fine. No, you're, you're, you're doing it every day. So I'm, you know. So, so <laughs> it comes in a pelleted form, which I don't mind. It's a micro pellet. It's very hard for them to sort. Like everything's good about that. Right. Yeah, sure. I have in some cases, very small numbers of animals in a specific pasture. So I might have four bucks that I'm trying to feed this product to. Mm -hmm. And the, the dosing size is like 15 grams or something like that, which is sure. like, if you put that in your hand, like it's a small amount of pellets, right? I get it. Yes. Okay. So how do I disperse that amongst the feed? <laughs> well, I take it and I put it in a little grinder and I buzz it into a powder. And then I, I top dress it on my feed that way. Right. Yes. So that's, yes. Hey, that's fine with me. Whatever works. <laughs> I'm just glad you like it. <laughs> I, I do. And I, you know what? I wised up and I just, I put a bunch more deer together and have a sure. bigger pen. And now they're, it's just fine. Everybody gets some. So sure. that's how, of course. that's how that came to be. Um, hey, look, we do what we got to do. Farmers are inventive people. And I just thought I would be hey, different. I don't ever argue with people. I mean, I have people that call me. And they say, well, what if I did this? And I'm like, um, that sounds great. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know your deer. You know yeah. your animals. I'm certainly not going to tell you what to do. So, um, One of the things that, well, let me, let, me, let me phrase it in question as opposed to um, making a proclamatory statement. Um, okay. If you take, like, is there... Do you think that there's a possible of benefit to feeding the top score extreme product to young animals for skeletal development and body conformation and those types of things where people look at it and they see a buck and they know it's a, you know, it's labeled and branded as an antler product, but like, obviously there was, I mean, you, you, you told us there was other things that it, that it did that seemed they seem beneficial to me like it, do you think people could just wean some fawns and then put their fawns on a dose of that whether they be does or bucks i actually think does would greatly benefit from the top score extreme and it is weird because we do market it as a buck product and so often i feel like antlers are like the end product right sure. that is arrived at by the work of that your does are doing. Right. <laughs> um, so they, so. You're saying the girls are more important. Well, I mean, I, I heard all, all the work that they're doing. Um, <laughs> I mean, we, we even know this with people though. I mean, yeah. you know, the older women get, they need more calcium um, because they're prone to things like osteoporosis. Uh, but Gestation and lactation obviously puts a huge demand on does. Um, specifically, they're they're literally forming another body. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then they're having to do all the lactation. And so um, it makes sense that they would benefit from a, a calcium supplement, right? I mean, that just, that's kind of a no brainer. I actually, I think that that would be really good for does. And I've mentioned that to some people, you know, just starting to do it. And I've, and I've thought about just doing like a general, like a, like a label yep. where it's like, Hey, you know, give it to everybody. But then yes, also, um, bucks and does, because again, you know, we expect the bucks to do a lot production wise when their skeletons are still developing, but we expect the same from does, you know, sure. we expect does to, because when you're talking about dough production with does, you're talking about having funds. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, we expect the same out of them production wise, the same really high standard at a really young age when their skeletons are still developing. And there's no reason why they wouldn't also benefit from calcium supplementation, as long as it's a, a good bioavailable uh, calcium source, which is in what is in the top score extreme. So perfect. Yeah. And so what prompted my question is, is so I, I do use that product on my younger animals. Sure. Um, because I want I want the largest skeletal frame that I can get Absolutely. Um, because for longevity reasons, I will have the greatest performance, I believe, from my animals. So uh, as an example in bucks, I look at the, I look at the, the, you know, some of the studies that have been done on, on deer, right. And mm -hmm. as those, as specifically bucks, as they get older and they get into that three, four, five year range, um, they their, their skeletal uh, structure stops growing and they pretty much just put on beef, right? Mass. Absolutely. But if that skeletal structure is really big, they're mm -hmm. drawing a ton of those nutrients from ribs, front shoulders, right? To grow antlers, Absolutely. right? That's where those mineral deposits come from. You can't, like you said, they can't eat enough food to supply their bodies. So they yes. pull on from what they have. Well, if I want to grow bigger antlers, right? I want to pull from that body. Well, I want the body as big as I can because I want the biggest structure of antlers that I can get as well. So that was my uh, gorilla math thought process on that. And <laughs> no, it's good. It, it's good math. Sounds like it was right. So right. Can, well, and the, but and again, I think the same would apply to your does. I mean, you on your farm have huge does that are having regularly three, four, five fawns. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, say regularly on five. Well, I don't know. Happened. I mean, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of documentation, <laughs> a lot of braggadocious uh, posts. Sure. Um, about all those uh, super healthy, uh, good looking uh, quints and and all that. And so, uh, I would year. just say that, like you know, the doe, the doe doesn't go into fawning season knowing how many she's gonna have, right? And so mm -hmm. her body is prepared to support this much lactation and whether she has two fawns or three fawns or four fawns they're all going to be pulling on that supply and so if she has to go like you said go to her own body um, to make up whatever differences there may be in production she is going to be pulling from her stores right yeah. so either her fat stores or her skeletal stores so it's it's interesting like i i there was a there was a lady that I was getting goat's milk from, mm -hmm. this was a long time ago. And it was just for, for a couple bottle feeding. Yeah. Just for a couple, <laughs> a couple fawns. Sure. And she was kind of like doing me a favor. Um, but I was getting raw milk and I remember her, you know, she was really proud. She had three, 
uh, three goats and mm-hmm. she was just like super proud of them and like they were her pets and she loved to milk them and she was an older she was an older lady um and she'd bring the the and and for those of you that have goats i'm gonna butcher any type of technical terms for milking rigs I don't have goats, so like you're <laughs> well i'm gonna get some hate mail from somebody so anyway so she she brings it she'll she'll bring the she bring the goat up onto the milking platform or whatever sure. and they'd have she'd have her goat feed or whatever she had they got their their treat so to speak but like it was their it was their nutritional stuff that they needed to make that milk and they get a little bit of really rich high quality alfalfa and she did that twice a day for me um yeah. she milk in the morning milk in the afternoon and like those the fawns that I had that year um, were incredible. And it was, it was because of her care and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, willingness to obviously make these goats produce uh, that much milk. And, and I think it goes to your point, like we were probably overlooking our does from a nutritional standpoint in these fawns and um, we could do, we could do better. Right. And, it, yeah. and it's not just volume of production. It is literally the nutrients. And I mean, so um, especially like in ruminants, you're talking about, and I, I don't want to get too much into the weeds here, but um, specifically the nutrients that are created and broken down in the rumen by the the um, the bacteria that's there, um, that very simply eventually ends up being a lot of the protein content of milk that is produced. And Mm. so if, you know, if you don't, if you don't have enough nutrition to start with enough of the ingredients needed to start with for those organisms to do what they need to do, um, then you're not, if the animal is undernourished, then, you know, they're going to be absorbing what they need and that stuff is not going to make it into the end product. Right. And so with milk production, it's really tricky because you want to, you, you want the, the, the dough to be getting the nutrients that she needs, but we also need the fawn to be getting the nutrients that it needs in the milk. Yeah. And um, a lot of that is affected by the nutrition that you're getting, but then also the health of the, of the gut of the GI tract. And so um, that's just another place where digestive enzymes and probiotics can be beneficial. Um but I think it's important to note, oh, I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. Um, <laughs> I just, I think it's, I think it's important to note that, um, oh, nope, I lost it. I thought I had it back. Double shot. It. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, no, when feed you start. Your, feed your does and feed them well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, what, that's what I was going to say. It's probiotics. A lot of times can be viewed as almost like a safety net or, or probi- mm. I, I should say, I should say the products that I sell. The probiotic digestive enzymes, the other ingredients um, can be viewed kind of as like a safety net. Maybe, maybe you don't always need them. You know what I mean? Maybe your animal isn't directly benefiting from them every day, but you never know, like at some point that animal is going to go into that high state of production or that animal is going to get sick. And so you're really just setting their body up to be as successful as possible. Um, whenever that time inevitably comes and it's it's a way to kind of like fill in those nutritional gaps yeah no that that makes sense and like of course each time we have discussions 
um, about these things that it's a refresher course for me, right? Like you, you right. live this stuff every day, but, um, I, uh, I, I don't, even though I do implement some of these and like, I'm, I'm seeing holes in my program that I need, I need to fill. Right. Sure. Um, from, a, from a nutritional standpoint that I can do better on. And then I, mm-hmm. I look at like, you know, preparation of, of fawns, obviously we're kind of in fawning season and just kind of coming out of that. And like, I could have done a better job, um, from a nutritional standpoint and prepping my does for having fawns, just sure. like I prep them for breeding season. Right. Sure. So, no, that's, that's, that's very true because yeah. again, like that, that milk, the nutritional content of that milk is so super important. And a lot yeah. of that just comes down to nutrition and yep. how ready they are. Um, I feel like that can be said for, you know, it's, we think of it in, um, production stages, like for example, with the extreme, I have a lot of customers that will not start feeding it until they start to see like antler growth happening. And I'm like, no, you need to be feeding that like months, months before production is it. It's a year round game. I mean, your fawn season is all year long, really. Um, Breeding season is all year long. Yeah, I like that. It is. The (laughs) seasons of the whitetail are, they don't stop. It is. Life life goes on. Absolutely. Because they're just super high production animals. So. Well, we, we went on a rant about uh, top score and top score extreme for like 20, 20 minutes. So I want to, I want to cover a couple. (laughs) It's fine. I, 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 uh, I, I enjoyed it. Like I, Again, I, my cat, I the cat got bored. The cat left. Oh, so. <laughs> I saw that crawl <laughs> up there. Um, you know, I, I, again, I just, I, I filled, I have a couple of spots that I need to fill. So this is, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk, you mentioned the, we started off with the, the guardian, um, mm-hmm. and the, the, not the guardian plus, but the guardian product as the base. I want to touch on the guardian plus. Cause I know a lot of folks, um, um, bottle feed, I've used this product. I don't, I never bottle feed without using this product. It is just mm-hmm. part of what I do. Um, right. Talk about the Guardian Plus. I love the Guardian Plus. I really think the Guardian Plus is our, is, is our most, um, I don't want to say like effective, but it's like, if you were to take all of the CNE products and you were to dispense like one one feeding of each so if you were going to do like one scoop of top score extreme versus which is you know like a 10 10 gram scoop versus um one scoop of guardian plus versus uh seven and a half grams of font paste and you were like so you were going to do that with all the cni products i feel like the best bang for your for your feeding for your dose Mm -hmm. is coming from that guardian plus just because it is so like the bacteria and digestive enzyme package in it it's um it's basically like um taking the guardian and the fawn paste (laughs) and putting them together in a powder form in a jar so that it can be used with with milk um and then adding even more awesome stuff to it um specifically the the antibodies um so antibodies have been in guardian plus for like years and years and years and those are antibodies that were uh specifically um, I guess harvested, if you will, 
Um, it's a manufacturing process where um, you can you can produce antibodies to specific pathogens, and then um, you can collect them and and preserve them in a condition that makes them able to be fed to animals. And so um, we've again we've been doing that for years. Um, that's not new technology. Um, and it's extremely beneficial in young animals on top of all the other things that we've talked about, the probiotics, of course, establishing a healthy gut microflora, um, you know, doing things to help balance pH to support uh, their microintestinal health, um, stimulating their appetite, um, digestive enzymes, of course of course, maximizing the nutrients that we're getting from whatever, whether it's mom's milk, goat's milk, whole cow's milk, you know, milk replacer, like whatever we're doing. Um, so anyway, it's my favorite of our products. It's it's that golden color. And it I literally is, it's like powdered gold. I mean, it's great. <laughs> it's, I, I, I wish that everyone would use it. Um, the way that I recommend using it is, so you have a fawn that is born, um, immediately recommend giving seven and a half grams orally of fawn paste. And then following that with another uh, feeding of seven and a half grams of fawn paste, anywhere from 12 to 48 hours, 12 hours. I wouldn't do it any closer together than that. 24 hours would be the optimal time. But if for whatever reason, you're not able to do that because you're not bottle feeding and, you know, maybe you can't do that until like 18 hour or, you know, 18 hours or 24 or 36 hours or up to 48 hours, you know, I would do your best to get that second feeding in. Of course, if you're bottle feeding at that point, we recommend doing our Jumpstart product, which is kind of like our, our colostrum product. It is not a milk replacer. We do not sell them. I do not sell milk replacers. None of the CNE products are milk replacers. Gotcha. They should always be added to um, either whole cow's milk, whole goat's milk, or a, a approved fawn milk replacer. Okay. Um, so at that point, we would recommend doing the Jumpstart, which is kind of like the colostrum supplement with whatever milk you're using. Um, and recommend doing that for anywhere from a day to three days, just depending on your program and, you know, how much of it you have according to how many fawns you have and, right. and how much, like, I would try to do it for at least a day, but, you know, like, if you want to do it for up to three days, that's also fine. There's a lot of flexibility um, with the, effective, the effectiveness of that product, um, just because, again, you're you know, if you're bottle feeding and you're bottle feeding all your fawns, um, there's a lot, it's, it's hard to anticipate. You need to have exactly this much product to do exactly this many feedings. That's not realistic. Yeah. Um, so when you, you're done with the jump start, then we recommend going to the Guardian Plus. And I recommend the Guardian Plus in every bottle uh, through weaning. And when they start weaning, I also recommend using it as a top dress on the feed that they're weaning onto if that feed doesn't already have a probiotic in it, or maybe even if it does, um, because, uh, you know, probiotics are not, they're not drugs. Um, you really, you can't overdo it. It's very difficult. I, I should say it's very difficult to overdo it if you're using high quality products. Sure. Um, so as you know, and you could expand on this better than I ever could, but weaning is incredibly stressful uh, on fawns. For a lot of fawns, that's the first time that they get sick. And when I say get sick, I mean, just have GI issues, right? Like bloat or scouring or something like that. And so it's extremely important to see, to see that through, 
to see the guardian plus through when they've completed that process and they're they're on a consistent feed so yeah i i, I agree with that i know and and again like i can do i can do a better job at, at my manager responsibilities of, of an animal husbandry of taking care of these animals uh, through nutrition and, and you continue to highlight these um, kind of inadequacies within my own program that I need to I need to fill those holes and again I, I've used like I will not bottle feed without Guardian Plus like it is it's just part of the milk replacer um, and I've done a little bit of of, um, of using it through the, the weaning process um, and it, it works really well. You know, it, it gives you some sense of security. I know for us, you know, we incorporate all these things with our, our vaccinations um, that we have for service solutions and, and they marry really nice. Like Me they, they yeah. they're, it's, it's a, it's a really nice, um, it's a really nice uh, kind of like symbiotic partnership. Um, yeah. The, it's difficult um, because in, again, scientifically, these mechanisms are still not super clearly defined and well understood, but we do know that there is immune modulation that takes place as a result of feeding probiotics, right? And I'm not talking about direct fed microbials, but specifically probiotics. Yep. Um, but um, specifically also, and I actually studied this as part of my graduate research, but combining that with vaccination um, that, you know, looking at like how, how that affects the animal's response to vaccination and potentially potentially the hope would be to like improve vaccination response to improve immune response and again those mechanisms are not well understood i'm not making a claim that like our products do that but i do know that vaccination just like anything else is also stressful on the animal mm -hmm. um not that it's not necessary a lot of the things that we do that stress our animals are necessary it's stuff that we've just got to do for good management and vaccinations are a part of any good management program um, but that being said, what we do know and what is clear and established throughout literature uh, concerning probiotics is that they are absolutely the most beneficial, meaning they confer those health benefits best when the animal is stressed. So, um, you know, if you know that your animal is going to be stressed or, you know, you can anticipate like, okay, well, we're going to be AIing or we're going to be vaccinating or we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be transporting some deer to our other farm. Um, I would include probiotics in your preparation for that as far out as 10 to 14 days. Um, certainly, you can do a direct application of Electromax or Fawn Paste um, like day of, like maybe like a before and after. Um, but also, you can use something like Guardian on your feed or in your water or Guardian Plus if you've got some leftover for fa from fawn season. Just start sprinkling it out. It's one scoop per deer per day start sprinkling it on the feed, like 10 to 14 days out of whatever event that is in the pens where you've got those deer and it's going to be beneficial. Yeah. It's um, you know, when you look at kind of the seasons of the deer and, you mm -hmm. know, you can find that a well thought out, well laid out plan for nutrition can really help with, um, you know, preventing some of these, these types of issues that, they arise, you know, like you, sure. you can, you can hear, you get feedback from people or you, you have conversations with them and they're like, this, this happened. And I think that there's certainly a place for, um, you know, the seeming products and in helping fill some of those gaps. I want to touch on one more, um, okay. one more product before we, uh, before we wrap up and that's the pro light. So, okay. um, 
the what I what I find uh, interesting, of course, you know, like, well, you're in Texas, you know what heat's all about. I'm just a I'm just a Yankee up here. In, <laughs> just a Yankee setting. up here in PA with, you know, it's it's, it's in the 70s today, right? Like it's that's rude. It it is it's rude. right. So, if you tell me that you're hot, I'm gonna be a little irritated. I'm, I'm not. It's it's it's, it's overcast. <laughs> you're like, no, it's great. Yeah, it's overcast. It's nice outside. Uh-huh. Um, like I, I don't have like today. I don't have to worry about heat stress. But right. my animals are not conditioned in the north for you know prolonged periods of heat. Certainly not into the hundreds. Now, obviously, the animals in uh, the southern states are are much more acclimated to that. However, sure. um, heat stress is a real thing. Right. Um, talk about the prolite and some of the benefits to um, combating mm-hmm. some heat stress, or at least putting those animals in a place where they they can be less stressed from it. Sure. So, um, so first of all, so heat stress is a great example of um, a stressor that we know our deer are going to encounter. Um, especially in the South, right? But even to your point up North, I mean, your deer are not used to that. Um, so you get a big heat wave and all of a sudden they're stressed at, again, during, I mean, it's peak, peak production, right? D- yep. Those are lactating, raising fawns, fawns are growing, bucks are putting on antlers. Um, but there are others there. So it makes sense like, okay, well, something that facilitates hydration, something that facilitates uh, pH, something that, or good pH, maintenance of good pH, something that uh, facilitates like cellular transport, like getting good stuff into cells and getting bad stuff out of cells, like that makes sense, right? And so that's that's what uh, prolite does with the electrolytes that it has, right? Now, that being said, it also has the probiotics in it, Mm. right? And the digestive enzymes. And so when you're talking about stress, a lot of times you're also talking about inflammation. Um, one of the side effects of stress of any kind is inflammation. Uh, and I think a good example of this is like people when they travel. Um, so, you know, you're on the road traveling for work, staying in a hotel, not eating your usual diet, not breathing your normal, you know, air outdoors that you breathe. And, you know, all of a sudden you start to get like a little tickle in your throat, your lymph nodes get a little swollen. You start Mm -hmm. to get a little congested. You're having basically an inflammatory response. Your body's responding to all of this stuff that, you know, because your, your body is stressed, right? Um, animals are the same way. And so probiotics help moderate that inflammation, right? We know this. Um, and then of course the electrolytes, like I said, help with intestinal pH, maintaining intestinal pH, um, maintaining um, uh, hydration in the body. And so heat stress is a great time when you know your animals are gonna be under heat stress. It's a great time to use that. It's really easy to use. It's really inexpensive compared to the other products. Um, uh, other great times to use it would be um, symptom management for viruses. You know, um, there, there's so f- first of all, it's it's a good point to point out. No probiotic or nutraceutical product is going to directly treat a parasite, treat a bacterial infection, or treat a virus. They're not drugs, right? Um, but they can help manage symptoms of those infections. So for example, when you have a virus, 
what happens? You're running a fever. There's a lot of inflammation going on in your body. An immune response literally is inflammation, right? Inflammatory cells, you're dehydrated. Maybe you've got some uh, GI problems, like you're experiencing, you know, diarrhea. Um, you're not eating, you have low appetite. Um, you're not feeling great. Um, so we want to manage those symptoms, right? Because with viruses, especially a lot of times our best option is to just rely on our own immune system, right? And hopefully we've been vaccinated, and our immune system is prepared to address the issue. But even if it is, it's good to support the other cellular processes of our body. And a big way to do that is hydration um, and with electrolytes, um, stabilizing the GI tract with probiotics. And then again, with low appetite, those digestive enzymes. So what little we feel like eating or what little the animal does feel like eating or what little they're getting, we're just, we're maximizing the nutrients that we're able to get out of that. So it really just makes sense in a lot of different situations. I, I, um, I think it's, um, I, the thing that pops into my mind, I know that when, when you're bottle feeding fawns, you know, yes. you're, you're bound to encounter some scours or diarrhea, whether that be, um, from over, overfeeding slash overeating or, uh, from a, a bacterial infection, whether that be something common like, uh, E. coli or a parasite like coccidia or something like that. Um, what I, what I find really, um, is a, is a nice two-prong approach. And a lot of times people will use uh, an electrolyte to uh, pull the milk to, to manage those symptoms a little bit, but mm -hmm. their, their electrolytes are um, typically a cattle uh, or sheep and goat. They're very high in dextrose, um, mm -hmm. like way too high in dextrose yeah. just for that immediate hit. They're loaded with uh, B12 and it's really just mm -hmm. a We'll call it a symptom masker. Um, it's not that it's bad, but it's not ideal. And I think the right. unique thing for me is that I have the probiotics and those digestive enzymes on board, which makes the ProLite a unique product. And um, it gives it gives those fawns everything they they need. I don't have to you know right. artificially supplement with that. So that's that's one way that I use it. Um, I also dump it in my my uh, waters for the animals to drink when it's, when the yeah. sun's blazing on. So, and that's great. Well, and, and I think the great thing about that too, is that, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, I, for management reasons, it's not always feasible for people to use things that they put in their water, um, that needs to be measured, measured. really accurate, accurately. There's a yeah. lot of flexibility with that product though. Um, a lot of flexibility. And again, it's, it's pretty cost-effective too. So um, not as much of a concern, uh, but, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, when it's hot outside, deer tend to eat less, but drink more. And so if they're drinking, same when they're sick, right? Mm -hmm. And so in those instances, having something available to them in their right? Because they're going to increase intake of that and be getting those nutrients when maybe they might be going off of um, feed, or we might not be able to handle them because we don't want to like cause additional stress or whatever. So sure. it's a great hands, hands off way to, to help with that. So. Um, so we covered a lot of ground today and, and some of it was quite technical. Um, for the folks that have interest and they want to know more about um, 
like the more practical applications, um, you're available to talk to them at any time. Absolutely. Like, okay, so um, I'm gonna drop uh, your contact info into the into the mm -hmm. show notes there. Um, you can help people get set up with a, you know, a, a nutritional program outside of their, their normal feed with the probiotics Absolutely. and cool. Very cool. Um, so we appreciate you being a sponsor of the show. Um, I feel like CNE's part I appreciate of the show. I appreciate yeah. the work that the show does to, to get information to, to people in our industry. I think it's a great thing that you're doing and I really appreciate it. Well, we, we appreciate your support and we, we are happy to have you in the, the North American Deer Talk family as a, a sponsor. Um, I, I, have, I have other questions. Okay. But I want to save those for another day. Will you come okay. back and we'll, we'll cover some other topics? Sure. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, anything you want to wrap up on? I don't think so. Just thanks for having me. And I enjoyed it. And again, you know, if anyone has any questions or anything like that, please feel free to get in touch with me. So I'm a millennial. I'm a millennial. I, I always have my phone and I'm always, I get texts from people all the time, all times of day. And so that's, that's really no problem. I love, I love talking to people about Perfect. our products. So. Well, we'll wrap up on that. And as always, stay tuned for another episode of North American Deer Talk.